This is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 103. Uh, I apologize because this one will be released about two days later than normal. There's no big reason why. It was just a super busy weekend and I just kind of ran out of gas and didn't have the energy to, uh, to record it on Saturday like I typically would. So I thank you all for kind of bearing with me there. All right, let's go fast and furious. You know how I like to do it. I always start off with a a nice punch to the face. This band is kind of an international band at this point. They've got American members and British members and Swedish members. Been around since 98. That band is Lock Up. I've played Lock Up at least once uh, in the past, maybe twice at this point. Um, but yeah, that was basically a project with, uh, with Jesse Pintado from Napalm Death, uh, and Terrorizer, and, um, Nick Barker on drums, and they kind of had, they had Peter from Hypocrisy on vocals for the first album, and then they had, uh, Thomas Lindbergh from At The Gates on vocals for a couple albums after that, and he is still kind of lingering around, now they have Kevin Sharp, um, from Brutal Truth, who's been doing vocals on the last album and on this upcoming album as well. He, I think he also handles uh, the bulk of the live duties as well vocally. I can't remember the name of their current guitarist because, of course, Jesse Pintado uh, passed away some years ago. So uh, is Anton something. He has a long last name. I can't remember it. But uh, it's got Shane Embury from Napalm Death on bass. And they just go full force, full speed ahead, pretty much grindcore, death metal, kind of a fusion of the two, Um, but they released a new single um, called Dark Force of Conviction, it's going to be on their new album called The Dregs of Hades, coming out on November 26th uh, through Listenable Records, that'll be their fifth album overall, they're not super prolific at releasing records, they just, they all kind of have other projects of their own, and they just kind of get together to work on a new lockup album every, you know, three years or so, maybe longer. But yes, uh, the biggest change here is that Nick Barker actually left lockup. He had always been in lockup from the beginning, and uh, just within the past year or so, he stepped down. I'm not really sure why. He's working on a few other things. He has like a hardcore project or something that he's doing these days. Um... But yeah, they now have Adam Jarvis on drums, who's a very good drummer. He's known, probably best known for his work with Misery Index. But uh, so yeah, this will be the first release with him on drums. And based on this single, I mean, he does a great job. But uh, yeah, they kind of switch off vocally between Kevin and Thomas Lindbergh here. Thomas Lindbergh's vocals have been sounding kind of weak to me in more recent At The Gates material. And they sound kind of weak here too, just by comparison to Kevin Sharp. But there is enough of a difference in their voices that it does uh, create some nice variety there. So, 
Here we go off of their upcoming album, The Dregs of Hades. This is Lock Up with Dark Force of Conviction. There we go. That was Lock Up with Dark Force of Conviction. Definitely on par with uh, the rest of their material, and I'm definitely going to be checking out that new record. Again, that record's going to be called The Dregs of Hades, coming out on November 26th. Um, all right, we're going to Florida here, out of the old U.S. of A. This band is very new, um, just really formed in 2020. Hasn't released anything yet. Uh, no demos, no nothing but they're about to release their debut uh, mini-CD the beginning of next year through Hell's Headbangers. Uh, Doesn't have a title yet that I have seen, but they've released a single off of it. It's a bit of a super group here of sorts. Uh, The band is Malefic Throne, and that band features Steve Tucker from Morbid Angel on vocals and bass. Um, It has one of the guitar players from Angel Corpse, I forget his name, and then it has John uh, Longstreth on drums, who uh, is probably best known for his work with uh, Origin, so he is no slouch at all. Very good drumming. Um, But yeah, they released a single called Deciding the Hierarchy uh, very recently, and I actually, I mean, like I said, they formed in 2020, and I guess that was... Uh, already kind of known to some people, but I had no idea um, until I just saw them advertising this uh, single that they just released about a week or two ago. So, yeah, I do enjoy Steve Tucker's vocals a lot. He is kind of my preferred Morbid Angel vocalist, and I'm really antsy for a new Morbid Angel record, and I haven't seen anything about 
if they're working on one or what their progress is on that. So this is kind of a, a nice way to bridge the gap, I guess, to get my Steve Tucker fix until the next Morbid Angel uh, gets created. But yes, this definitely sounds like the sum of all of their bands put together, pretty much. It definitely is just brutal, straightforward death metal that is very much in the vein of, you know, Angel Corpse and Morbid Angel and Origin. Not as technical as Origin from, from what I hear here in this song. Uh, a little more straightforward, less less complex, but um, just great performances, great vocals. The riffing is awesome, the drumming is awesome, so I'm definitely... Uh, on board and I will be checking out this mini CD whenever it does get released so here we go off of their untitled upcoming mini CD this is Malefic Throne with Deciding the Hierarchy Thank you. 
fight, and that was Malefic Throne from Florida with Deciding the Hierarchy. Very brutal stuff. Steve sounds great, so uh, the production's a little bit wonky. The drums sound a little funny, and the guitars could be more up front for sure, but um, this is just a mini CD. I'm sure for their full length, if and when that happens, will be sounding even better. All right, let's go to Portugal here. Now, I'm sure you're assuming I'm going to be playing Moonspell if I'm going to Portugal because there really isn't a whole lot of other well-known <laughs> metal bands coming out of Portugal these days. But you're kind of right. It's not Moonspell, but it's a side project called Demonarch. Or Demonarch. I'm not really sure how hard that CH is pronounced at the end. But um, they put out a record in 1998, and it's basically all the members from Moonspell, and it was meant to just be an outlet for kind of this poetry that Fernando had written that he didn't think was right for Moonspell, and he wanted it to just kind of be a little more black metal focused and less of kind of the gothic elements that, uh, that you hear in Moonspell. But it's still... I mean, it's more aggressive than a lot of the Moonspell material, but it still isn't really black metal either to me. Um, it's dark. It's just dark metal. <laughs> That's really all I can say. Uh, there isn't really any clean vocals going on. He just sticks uh, to his harsh voice. But uh, they released this album in August of 98 called Hermeticum, and that was their debut, and it was their only album. So he just kind of got it out of his system and then carried on with Moonspell. Uh, but this was released through Century Media, since Moonspell already had some uh, some clout by then, some weight behind their name, so um, Century Media agreed to put out this record as well. Um, I don't think it really got much of a response, you know, from the metal world. It just kind of got released, and some people thought it was cool, and then they just kind of moved on. But, um, but it's still not bad. It's... Um, it's not the strongest album start to finish. There's some definite kind of lulls in there uh, where I get a little bored, but this particular song I enjoy quite a bit. I think it's one of the most impactful songs on the record. Uh, it's not an album I go back to often. I, I tend to prefer the Moonspell stuff to this, but, um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's just like Peter from Hypocrisy had his uh, black metal, you know, project. Uh, Fernando from Moonspell had his as well off to the side here. So off of the 1998 album Hermeticum, this is Demonarch with Sanayaga. Yeah. 
Alright, there we are. That was Demonarch from Portugal with Sana Yaga. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know, it's hard to say. To me, it's kind of like Cradle of Filth, where it's like, it's clearly dark. It's clearly kind of got a satanic edge to it. Um, it's very extreme, of course. And it's got black metal elements in it, but it still just doesn't sound like real black metal to me but it's still good <laughs> so who cares who really cares about the subgenre if it's good it's good um all right we're going to the uk here out of liverpool this is a three-piece band that's been around since 2015 and um i played something off of their debut album uh probably god four years ago at this point like i played it pretty early on in the episodes but um I thought they were great, and uh, they were a band that I just never really heard anybody talk about. I can't even remember how I stumbled upon them, but I thought their debut was really good. And um, the band is called Dawn Raid, and it's Dawn, you know, the normal way of spelling it, but Raid is spelled R-A-Y apostrophe D. Um, but yeah, they put out an EP in 2015, and then their debut was 2017, and their second album was in 2019. And... Um, I just kind of was doing a check to see what are they up to. Have they done anything new? And it turns out they did. They released an EP in May of this year, and I had no idea. So I was checking it out fairly recently, and I thought it was good. Not quite on par to me with um, the full lengths, but still quite good. They are kind of rooted in black metal, but they have a more kind of epic, folky vibe to them. Um, and I'm, I'm all about it. I think it's great. But uh, they released this EP called Wildfire in May of this year through Prosthetic Records. And uh, I'm going to play uh, what is essentially the title track off of it. They have a title track that's kind of split into two songs. So I'm going to play part one here. So off of their new Wildfire EP, this is Dawn Raid with Wildfire Part 1. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Dawn Raid from the UK with Wildfire Part 1. The rest of that EP is uh, equally as good. Um, yes, they are a fun band. They're one that I was really happy to have stumbled upon because they're kind of, they don't r truly sound like this band, but the overall vibe is kind of the same to me, uh, and that is Kampfar. Because uh, it's black metal in its roots, but it just kind of has a more kind of folky, naturey type vibe to it, and uh, and I like it. So, all right, we're going to the USA here, out of New Jersey. Kind of an underrated thrash band that I felt like uh, needed a little little airtime here. Originally uh, founded in '84, existed from '84 through 1990, then they broke up. Then they reformed in 95, and then broke up again in 99 after releasing an album or two, and then they reformed again uh, in 2007, and they're still going now. Uh, it's a three-piece band. I want to say there's only one original member left, if I remember correctly, but the band is Whiplash, and... You know, most people think thrash metal and think Whiplash, and they think of the Metallica song off of Kill 'Em All. Um... But this band was very good uh, back in the 80s. And uh, their debut album had a really goofy cover. I remember it looked like it was kind of drawn with uh, colored pencils, you know, <laughs> by a teenager or something. It just uh, didn't look particularly good, but it was memorable kind of because it was so comical looking. But uh, the debut album is one that people go to a lot. Uh, I prefer the second album, which I'm going to play something off of right now. The album's called Ticket to Mayhem, and it came out in 87 through Roadrunner Records. They released um, seven albums up to this point. Uh, they did a few in the early days. I think they did two during that middle period from 95 to 99, and I think they've done oh, one or two since they've reformed in 07. But uh, yeah, I don't really see them much on... Um, the roster for upcoming festivals and things like that. So I'm not really sure how active they are uh, in you know as far as live stuff goes. But yeah, I mean, just listening back to the '80s material, it's really good. It's it's damn good thrash, and it just deserves a little bit more recognition than it gets. So, off of their 1987 second album, Ticket to Mayhem, this is Whiplash with Respect the Dead. <laughs>
That was Whiplash from New Jersey with Respect the Dead. Yeah, I love that record. Like the the debut album, uh, Power and Pain. That one is the one that gets the most love, it seems, since it's kind of this. Like I said, it's just this classic album that had a pretty rough production and some goofy cover art and all that, but it was a good thrash record. But uh, I like the second record because the production's better. Uh, I just like how full it is. Um, but I actually did have it wrong. They released uh, three albums during that first era, three albums during the second era in the 90s, and then they've only done one album since they reformed in 07, and that came out in 2009. But uh, they're still listed as an active band, so they're just kind of not, not very active. <laughs> but yes, if you dug that song, I suggest you check out the rest of that record. Again, that record's called Ticket to Mayhem, and uh, it's... It's right up there with all... I'd say they're kind of on par with a band like Dark Angel, where it's just good thrash, maybe not the most well-known, but well-known enough, where more people should be listening to it. All right, we're jumping to France here. This is a band that I really, really enjoyed from their demo. Um, I think I first heard them on Radio Fenris back in the day, uh, and really liked it, so I played something off of that same demo on like one of the first episodes of this podcast, maybe episode two. Um, I'd have to go back and check, but yeah, it was really good demo. They released an EP a year later in 2016 that uh, I thought was great, and I have checked back probably once every six months to see if they're doing anything else, and they had been doing nothing, and it was really disappointing, <laughs> so I kept checking and they weren't doing anything. That band is called Venefixian from France, and they finally released their debut full-length album on October 1st, and I saw, I, I actually checked, and it was about, you know, five days after the album came out. Like, I didn't, I didn't really know. Oh, actually, no, I take that back. It was about two days before the album came out, because I remember when the album came out, I included it on my uh, Facebook post talking about new music that had come out that day. But yeah, I was psyched. Uh, It was just a couple days before the release, and I saw that it was coming out. So I went ahead and pre-ordered it, and uh, just a digital copy on my Bandcamp. But it's great. They finally released this full-length called Aside From Below through Iron Bonehead Productions. And yeah, it took them five years since that EP came out in 2016 to to release this, but uh, it's worth it. It's really, really good. Just very dark, fairly primitive death metal. Great production on this full length, and um, it's just, it doesn't sound very French. (laughs) So there's a lot of other French bands out there that kind of are all over the place with their sound, but typically French, like, death metal and stuff is pretty all over the place but yeah this sounds much more in line with uh kind of almost like the new zealand scene but with better production but uh yeah i'm very very pleased with this album and it was worth the wait uh, for me at least so off of their debut full-length album a sigh from below this is venefixian with ways to the netherworld Lord 
There we go. That was Venefixian from France with Ways to the Netherworld. I love it. I love that record. Um, I've listened to it several times since, uh, since it came out on October 1st. I suggest you do the same. All right, let's jump to Norway here for the first time this episode. This band initially existed um, from 1992 through 1999 under the name Covenant, and then it was just kind of a legal thing where I guess they were threatened with legal action uh, by another band that already had that name. Um, so they changed it in 1999 to The Covenant, and they spelled Covenant with a K instead of a C, and uh, they're still active now, but, you know, the word active is uh, debatable there. They haven't really done anything for a long time, but uh, it was initially formed basically just as a black metal project with some symphonic elements in the early 90s. Their demo is uh, is actually really good, just uh, straightforward black metal, but... Um, by the time they released their first album and then their second album, they were starting to include some... Well, first album was more just straight-up symphonic black metal, I guess I should say. But this, by the time they got to the second album, they were starting to get a little bit more experimental. And then from there on out, it just became, like, full-on, like, industrial black metal. Like, it's it, it got too, too industrial for my taste after this uh, second album. But uh, I believe they have released four albums up to this point, uh, five if you count the remix that they did of their debut, where they kind of took the debut and modernized it, which a lot of people really hated, <laughs> myself included. But uh, those first two records are, are very good, and the demo, you know, it's not really widely available, but it is out there on YouTube. I suggest you check it out, because uh, it's actually just really, really good, and on par with uh, these first two full lengths as well, I would say. Very different sound though, more straightforward and lo-fi black metal, but it's a, it's a damn good demo. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna play something off of what is probably their most well-known record, which is their second album called Nexus Polaris. Came out in 1998 through Nuclear Blast, and I believe they re-released it uh, once they had to do that name change. I think they re-released it uh, some point in the early 2000s as well. But um, but yes, this one is really kind of the one that launched them into uh, into people's stream of consciousness. Um, you know, it, it features uh, Nagash from Demu Borger, or he was in Demu Borger at the time, uh, who's also uh, the main man of the band Troll, but uh, it also featured Hellhammer on drums. So yeah, I mean, it had a couple of, uh, of well-known people from the scene in the band, so it, it uh, kind of drew some people to it just from that alone, but uh, the material is very strong. And on this album, I feel like they struck a really, really good balance between the more traditional black metal elements and some of their more experimental elements that they were working into it. Um, so yes, this one is a standout track for me, but really the whole album is great. I suggest you check out the whole record. Um, so yes, off of the second album, Nexus Polaris, this is Covenant with Planetarium.
All right, that was Covenant with Planetarium before the name change. Uh, yes, if you like that, I suggest you check out not only that record, but the original debut album, because like I said, they did like a weird modernized remix version of it that's just not as good. But yeah, check out those first two records. Uh, all right, we're going to Sweden here out of Uppsala. This band has been around since 2019, and they are about to release their debut album. The band is called Gold Spire, and their debut album is going to be self-titled, and that's coming out through uh, Chaos Records. So yeah, that's coming up very soon. What is that, next week? Next Friday? But uh, yes, I can't remember how I came across them, but um, I checked out a track of theirs on their Bandcamp page. I think they have two singles out um, from the album on their Bandcamp. But um, it's it's really good, and it's kind of out of character for me, because I don't really like a lot of super experimental stuff. But this isn't so out there. It's not just crazy, dissonant, just noisy stuff. They're still sticking to some fairly traditional kind of riffing, but there's just these other elements that they're adding in there. There's horns and saxophones and stuff that uh, typically I don't think would go with this type of music, but um, I'm actually really enjoying the way that they're doing it. Um, I'm anxious to hear the rest of this album and see if it's any good. I, I just enjoy the first two singles, and I'm going to play one of them now. So yeah, if you haven't heard of this band, which I'm sure a lot of people have not, because again, they haven't released anything yet, um, I suggest you check out those two singles on their Bandcamp, and then just kind of keep an eye out for the album uh, next week. So yes, off of their self-titled debut album, this is Gold Spire with Skull Choirs.
Alright, and then I assume it just bleeds right into the next track on the record. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, I guess it's almost like Shining in a sense, because Shining kind of sticks to some pretty straightforward riffing, but then they'll just kind of have these weird elements mixed in with it that keeps it a bit unique. Um, but yeah, I think the production is great on that. I'm, I'm really pleasantly surprised by that band, and I'm definitely going to be checking out that album next week. Uh, okay, let's go to Denmark here. This band has been around since 2013, playing some pretty uh, primitive, nasty death metal. And that band, I assume, is pronounced Frenolith, because it's a PH at the beginning, but since they're from Denmark, I'm not sure if it's a different pronunciation, but, um, but I'm saying Frenolith. But yes, they are actually coming out with a new album in December. I saw some details get released about that fairly recently, and it just kind of prompted me to go back and listen to their debut again, because I have listened to it before and enjoyed it, but I just kind of... that's where it ended. Like, it was one of those things where I, I never went back to it. I listened to it all the way through. I remember thinking it was cool, and then I just kind of set it aside and never went back to it again. But yeah, seeing uh, that info about their, their upcoming album kind of jogged my memory that, uh, that I remembered liking this debut album. So the album is called Desolate Endscape, and that came out in May of 2017 through Dark Descent Records. I think that's actually how I came across it in the first place is because I've, I enjoy that label. And I was probably looking through their roster or some of their recent releases and stuff and just kind of came across that and listened to it and really enjoyed it. So kind of um, Phobocosm-esque, where it's kind of, you know, dissonant, but still very primitive and, you know, fairly straightforward, but it just has this real kind of dense, dark, you know, feeling to it, and uh, and I enjoy it a lot. I think the production suits it well uh, as well. So here we go, off of their debut album, Desolate Endscape. This is Frenolith with Defleshed in Ecstasy.
right, there we are. That was Frenolith from Denmark with Defleshed in Ecstasy. Yeah, it just reminded me of how good that uh, debut album was, and uh, I'm going to try my best to remember because the old memory isn't uh, what it used to be, but I'll try my damnedest to remember in December when this uh, second album comes out to, uh, to check it out. Um, all right, we're going to Russia here. This is a three-piece rock band, essentially. It's uh, still got some metal to it, but it's kind of a hybrid of the two. Been around since 2018. The band is called Scarecrow, and anybody who kind of uh, is friends with me on Facebook or uh, follows uh, my band Krigsgrov on Facebook, you've probably seen us kind of promoting this band because they are kind of label mates of ours. Somewhat, it's kind of 50-50. So Scarecrow's debut album and this second album are released through the same label that we are on, Wise Blood Records, out of Indiana. And um, in uh, the, basically the rest of the world, um, it's being released through Narcoleptica Productions, which also has a Kriegsgrav tie because that's who we worked with to do physical copies of our last album, uh, Leave No Path to Follow. Uh, that's the label that handled physical copies, and they also handled physical copies of the most recent Giant of the Mountain uh, EP that we just released in September. So I'm very familiar with that label as well, and Andre, who runs it, very good dude. So yeah, they are kind of our label brothers here, and I, you know, I've come a long way. I used to not really like newer bands that were doing a really retro sound, like that real occult metal, occult rock 70s stuff because I felt like well, this has been done already. It's been done to death and if I wanted to hear it I'll just listen to the classic bands and blah blah blah. But uh, over time I just kind of eased up on that and just decided that if it sounds good then I will like it and listen to it. <laughs> so I mean whether it came out in the 70s or came out uh, today if it sounds good to my ears then I'll just embrace it. So um, it's kind of allowed me to really enjoy a lot of, uh, of bands that I probably would have dismissed, you know, five years ago or ten years ago. But uh, yes, this is very kind of doom rock, kind of has some elements of like pentagram in there. It's, it's got a kind of a Zeppelin vibe um, and certain spots. The vocals are excellent, very unique voice. Um, there's kind of elements of like trouble in there, but they also kind of aren't afraid to get a little folky, you know, here and there in some of the songs. Uh, this one I really enjoy. The, the record, did I even say the name? Scarecrow. Did I say the name? I feel like I did. I'm bad about that. I go off talking about the band and then realize I didn't actually say the name of it. But yeah, they their first album, which is called Scarecrow 1, and then they just released their uh, second album, Scarecrow 2. On October 22nd so it's very fresh they've got two EPs and two full lengths to their name um, but yeah like I said this one was released through Wise Blood Records in the US and then Narcoleptica uh, productions in the rest of the world but um, I pre-ordered it on Bandcamp so I just have the digital copy of this album but it's really good I mean I, I've really embraced this this genre and uh, they do a really good job and I like the debut as well I hadn't actually heard them until Wise Blood started promoting the fact that they were going to be releasing this second album so I went and checked out the debut as well and it's great I'm officially a fan so little change of pace here not so much metal but mostly just kind of doomy rock 
So hopefully you guys dig it. So here we go off of the second album, Scarecrow 2. This is Scarecrow with Magic Flower.
there we are that was scarecrow out of russia with magic flower and that's just so good it's so well put together and it's just kind of done confidently and they just know exactly what they're going for and they're just going full tilt leaning into it um yeah it's a great record and uh the intro is really strange <laughs> so it's really kind of bombastic, uh, weird music instrumental thing at the beginning of it that's not really representative of the rest of the record, so it's a little weird, so don't pay too much attention to the intro, but tr trust me, the rest of the record is uh, is very good. All right, we're going to the Netherlands here. This, ba ah, this band has been around since 2012, and um, the only reason I know about them is because of the band Heidevolk, and Heidevolk is, of course, a very folky metal band uh, from the Netherlands that uh, kind of their signature sound is having two vocalists one that does kind of higher vocals and then one that does really low kind of baritone vocals and they harmonize lots of harmonizing and very very little extreme vocals in their sound but they had this guy Joris for many years in Heidevolk who did the very low vocals and whenever Joris left the band they got this guy Lars to replace him I want to say that was around 2014 and he sang very very low you know so he was in the band for maybe oh five years and I think he left maybe late 2019 uh, left Heidevolk and I think they're still kind of trying to fill his shoes permanently but when he left it mentioned that he was kind of focusing more on his black metal projects and this was one of them. So it's called Godenblod. And it's basically kind of doomy. Like it's a little bit slower to mid-tempo black metal. He does the vocals. I think he does like bass and vocals. Um, and he really... I'm playing a song where he actually does do some clean vocals. But really in this band he doesn't utilize that uh, that part of his repertoire very often which is kind of a shame because he is such a good vocalist a good clean vocalist that uh, I'd like to hear more of it in his black metal stuff as well but uh, he does use it in this song but it's pretty good it's not mind-blowing but it's just one of those things that there might be some fans of Heidevolk out there that have not heard this side project of, of Lars so um, I don't believe he has released a uh, an album it's just been demos uh, there was a demo in 2017, and then this particular single came out in 2019, just as a standalone thing on Bandcamp. And then I think they just released one this year that is just kind of a standalone single as well. So they're not signed. Everything's released independently, digitally, uh, and it's on their Bandcamp. So um, their 2019 Bandcamp single, this is Godenblod with Fals Licht.
Golden Blood with the Vals Leaked, uh, their kind of standalone single that they released in 2019 on their band camp. It's good. I mean, it's rough. They clearly are kind of just doing this uh, at home, I would guess, uh, with the recordings. Um, but there's there's something there, you know what I mean? Like, it, it does have a really dark, epic kind of vibe to it. Uh, I feel like with the right production and, uh, you know, a good release through a label that uh, they could kind of make a name for themselves a little bit. All right, let's go onward to Switzerland. This band's been around since 2009. They have an interesting look. Just Google it. You'll see what I mean. The band is called Shamash, is how I'm pronouncing it, at least. It's S-C-H-A-M-M-A-S-C-H. Um, but they are kind of blackened death metal, like it is very dark. Um, there's some very dissonant guitar, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say, I guess they're riffs, I don't know. In my head, riffs are more, you know, chunky <laughs> or something. So I don't really want to call these riffs whenever it's just really kind of dissonant, individual picked notes, you know. I don't know, man, but basically it kind of falls in line with a band like Ascension, who I just played, <clears throat> either on the last episode or the episode before, I can't remember. But like Ascension or Merrimack or even like Svart Crown from France, you know, they kind of fall in line with that type of sound. Um, it's good. I have not heard their first two albums. I did hear some of their third record, and then this one is the uh, first one that I've actually listened to start to finish. And uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> bear with me here. My voice <coughs> is given out on me. I have been chatting excessively all weekend and I played a gig on Saturday night with Giant of the Mountain opening up for Imperial Triumphant from uh, from New York who's on tour and uh, so yeah just having to talk to people at the venue shouting over the music and then of course singing on stage um, voice is a little tired <laughs> so I'm getting I'm losing it here towards the end 
of the episode. But uh, anyways, this album, their fourth album called Hearts of No Light, came out in 2019 through Prosthetic Records. Uh, has a really striking cover art as well. It's excellent cover art. But the production is really thick and polished, and uh, but not you know over overly polished. It still retains a bit of a of rough of a rough feel to it. But it's a great record. It really is. I need to check out the first couple, and honestly, I should revisit the third record as well. But um, this one is one that I really didn't hear much about in 2019, but uh, I'm really enjoying it now. So. Off of their album Hearts of No Light, this is Shamash with I Burn Within You. You speak from dark corners Where we find ourselves in
Alright. There we are. That is Shamash from Switzerland with I Burn Within You. Really good stuff. Very dark. Very unique. Um, Alright. We're going back to the USA and back to Florida here. Um, basically, the most famous death metal band ever <laughs> is Death. And, of course, they existed from 84 to 2001, and prior to that they existed as, uh, as Mantis, they were called. But um, the only reason I'm playing them now and playing this particular song off of this particular album is because they just announced, obviously Chuck has been dead for quite some time, um, but they're doing kind of this one-off show in Florida uh, in a couple of months or maybe the beginning of next year where it's basically going to be um, Matt Harvey and Gus Rios, both of the band Gruesome, which if anybody knows Gruesome, they're basically a death clone, admittedly so. Like, they're just paying tribute to those early death albums uh, with their own material, and it sounds spot on. I mean, they pretty much capture that leprosy era of death perfectly. So it's those two guys, and then Terry Butler uh, on bass, who of course played in Death in the early days, and uh, James Murphy as well, who I haven't really seen him do anything in years. So they are going to be playing the entire uh, Spiritual Healing album um, start to finish. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to play anything else in addition to that, but uh, that alone is phenomenal because that album was pretty often overlooked um, from their live, you know, live sets that Death played. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool to see that album kind of be celebrated and to kind of pull James Murphy out of retirement <laughs> to do something. And uh, so yeah, it should be really cool. I hope somebody films it. So yeah, um, once I heard that news, I just decided I want to play something off of Spiritual Healing just to kind of wet the whistle, I guess, until I can see some sort of footage from this show whenever it happens. I forget when they said they're doing it, but I want to say it's the beginning of next year. But... Um, but yeah, you should look, look it up, read about it. But anyways, off of the 1990 album Spiritual Healing, which was their third album through Combat Records, this is Death with Defensive Personalities. <laughs>
Death with Defensive Personalities. I love that record. That was one of the first Death records I ever purchased, so I kind of have a soft spot for it. But uh, I've already played my personal favorite off of that record. Um, you know, I can't remember how many episodes ago, but uh, the song Genetic Reconstruction is one of my favorites. But um, I used to try to drum along to that record back in the day with my iPod, you know, whenever whatever I had. But yeah, um, one thing that's a little unfortunate that I should mention is that um, the drummer on the record, Bill Andrews, has been kind of MIA for <laughs> decades now. And basically he focused on his career, like he kind of stopped doing death metal, focused on his career, moved to Japan a long time ago, and it's just kind of been uh, in the business world, you know, out there for a long time. And Terry Butler was doing an interview recently and mentioned that, uh, oh yeah, you know, we got Gus doing the drums for this show and it's a shame because Bill Andrews is going to be moving back to Florida soon and wants to get back out there wants to get back into music and back into the scene and he would have loved to have done this show but he couldn't make it happen with getting out here in time and stuff like that so I'm like man that would have been cool Gus Rios is a very good drummer and certainly capable of, uh, of doing this but man that would be something to see Bill Andrews after just decades of not being in the scene at all to just re-emerge for a show like that would be crazy, but um, it wasn't meant to be, I guess. But uh, anyways, time to announce the final song of the episode. I actually gave you guys an extra one. Normally I do 13 tunes, but I'm doing 14 for this one because some of them were fairly short, so I want to fill it out a little bit. But yes, thank you all for listening. Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, I know this got released a couple of days late. Um, hopefully that won't happen again anytime soon. But, um, yeah, thanks for telling other people about the show. If you want to tell someone where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. And, of course, the entire catalog of episodes is on Spotify, so please find us and... Uh, I say us, it's me. Find me and follow it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, any sort of requests or feedback or anything like that, uh, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of updates or news or poll questions or things like that, uh, anything I need to convey to you, the listeners, is going to be posted there. That's actually where I posted about uh, me being late with this episode. <laughs> so hopefully you guys saw that. So find the Facebook page and like it, please. All right, we're going back to Norway here to finish this off. This is just one of the best bands of the last handful of years. Um, I, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I am a fan of Gall, the former vocalist of Gorgoroth. I really liked uh, his vocals on those Gorgoroth releases. Um, and then the band that they formed after they lost the legal battle for the Gorgoroth name, uh, the band Godseed, the album that they put out called I Begin, 
um, was excellent. I love that record, and I think it was one of Gaul's best performances. And then <laughs> that dissolved, and he started this band called Gaul's Weird. It's W-Y-R-D. I'm sure that's pronounced like a V. Weird. But yes, uh, he put out an album that was so damn good and <laughs> I, I, it's not black metal at all and uh, what was it called I can't remember the, 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 the first word of it but the subtitle of the album was called Ghosts Invited but it was so good and so melodic and so hypnotic and he doesn't do really any harsh vocals they're kind of just low singing or speaking, but it's all perfect for the music. So it's very different from anything I've heard him do, and it's just so unique, and um, it's really excellent stuff. So they're about to release a follow-up to that. They did the full length in 2019, and they're about to release an EP on uh, November 5th, so that's next week. So the EP is going to be called The Humming Mountain. And that's going to come out through Season of Mist. And I'm going to play the title track off of that. He actually released another single off of it called The Seed, which is like nine and a half minutes. But uh, I elected to play uh, this title track a little bit shorter. But um, if you haven't heard this band before, this is a pretty good uh, sample of that. But it's just so dark and dense and hypnotic and just ethereal almost. Uh, it just kind of takes you to another place pretty much but uh really really good stuff so i'll see you guys in two weeks with another episode i will try my best to be on time with it so uh thanks for bearing with me guys so off of the humming mountain ep this is gall's veard with the humming mountain cheers <laughs>